Welcome to Pivot, a friend's podcast with Whitney and Brianna. Go get another beer, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh-oh, this is Bethany. I can hear you. Perfect. Then we'll get started. Whoopah! <laughs> <laughs> you have to love the whoopah. I don't remember what episode it comes on, but I love it. Uh, I think I remember the episode, actually. Yeah. Even when they're like... So, Joey's sleep thing? guard, where he has to do the sleep guard, right? For oh, snoring. I think you're right. Something like that. That's a future one. Mm-hmm. But today, we are talking about episode two. And... Uh, you can't see this, so you can just picture it in your mind. But Whitney, you can see it. I'll show it to you. This is the book that came with my box set that I talked about in our first episode that Hector gave me when we were dating for Christmas. And so it gives a very small, brief summary of every episode. And it also has uh, the guests. Like who was the guest star on that episode, if they had one. So I'm going to take this to episode number two. Whitney, do you happen to know the title of episode two? You know what? I don't. I, I had it. I, gosh, I was going to actually write it down and then I forgot I have, I guess it's not a criticism, but just something that kind of always bothered me about how the Friends shows uh, are titled. They Mm -hmm. all start with the one with, the one with blah, 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 the one with blah, blah, blah. And what I don't like is that if you're watching it, like on Netflix or I have it downloaded, we bought it, we have it on Apple iTunes for our TV shows, we have it there. And it's like, you can't see the whole title because the one with, and the next word is usually the, the one with the, mm-hmm. it takes up like the whole space. And it's like, I can't see the actual title. Yeah. <laughs> every episode, it's just the one with the, the one with the, and like the rest of it gets cut off. That's, that's my only piece of that. Yeah. But I always thought it was clever how they titled each one because, you know, whenever you're describing an episode, it doesn't matter if you're talking about friends or, you know, it could be Seinfeld or Will and Grace or whatever your show of choice is, you know, you're always like, okay, so the episode I'm talking about is the one where blah, 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 blah. And it's like, so I always, I always thought that was very clever how that was just the title of the episode. Yeah. It's just like this, if you were, like you said, describing it to somebody else, like, oh, did you see right. the one with the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I can't read the whole title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch this one. I can't read the rest. <laughs> um, but this one is called the one with the sonogram at the end. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah. So it's not just the one with the sonogram. It's the one with the sonogram at the end. At the end. Right. Mm-hmm. So our description, our official description for this, our little summary, Ross finds out his estranged lesbian wife and her girlfriend are going to have his baby. That is what we are jumping into. Good stuff. Yes, good stuff. Oh man, you know what? 
we need to say the answers to our trivia questions from last week. Yes. All righty then. I need my trivia cards and I blew it with me. I blew it. I don't have them with me. I was like, no, I'm writing this down. Um, for episode two. Oh no. <laughs> it's, it, it's trivia card number 15, question number four. And trivia card number 80, question number four. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to take two seconds. Okay, we're back. Sorry, I wasn't better prepared. <laughs> Remember in the future episode? All right. Let's get back to the answers to our trivia questions that we gave you as cliffhangers from Pivot, a friend's podcast, episode one. All right, here we go. Here are the answers to our questions. Who is the unsightly man living across from Monica and Rachel? It's Ugly Naked Guy. This is the first time he's mentioned. The other one was how much did Rachel's parents spend on her? $40,000. And there you have it. Let's get back to episode two. So we already said this is called the one with the sonogram at the end. All right, Whitney, do you want to start us off or do you want me to? Uh, oh, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Do you want to start with the cold open? Yeah, the cold open is at the coffee shop. And mm -hmm. this, just like in episode one, they don't mention like, oh, we're inside of Central Park. But I noticed this episode starts the same as the other episode. Before they show you all of the friends sitting inside the coffee shop, the camera starts on the outside, outside of the Outside and then comes in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It comes in, so it passes by the window that has the Central Perk name logo painted. So that's where you're seeing the uh, name of the coffee house. So now we have a name for the coffee house. Yeah, but it was in the first episode, but they never said anything. If yeah. you catch it like that very quick shot panning in, you didn't see it. But this one starts the same way. So, and my first thought is that I didn't notice it. I think in past times where I've seen this episode, because I've seen all the episodes several times, but in this episode, I noticed Chandler is wearing his famous sweater vest. <laughs> he has on a long sleeve. It's a dark colored shirt. And I think you may not even notice it because I want to say his shirt is black. It's a very dark color. Mm -hmm. And the sweater vest that he has over it is the same color. So you might have thought it was just a sweater but it has a design on the chest that's a different color. Um, but it, it, if you look at it, it is a sweater vest. So this is the first time we spot this sweater vest. Oh my gosh, the first sweater vest sighting of the series. Yes, so it is awesome. This is, a, this is amazing. Once again, this show is so awesome in its consistency to its characters and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, I love it. I love the sweater vest is there and I love that they highlight it and uh, give it its due day in the sun. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but 
glad they talk about it in the future because he's been wearing sweater vests since day two. <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. Yeah. And so moving on to what they're talking about, everybody's talking in code, right? And Joey- The analogy is fantastic. I love the analogy. Yeah, do you want to explain it? Or do you want me to keep talking? Go, you, you go. I'll jump in here in a minute, but you go. Okay, so they're all talking in code and I'll have Whitney tell you what the code is if you don't already know. And this also, because everybody's getting even more established. Their characters are even more established in this episode. And so Joey's non-brightness is highlighted here. Um, you know, he gets confused easily. He's not- Easily confused, yes. Yeah, he's the dumb one, okay? So dumb stuff, <laughs> like, there, there you go. The truth hurts, but we love him. We accept him. He is awesome. Joey. Yes. Joey, Joey, Joey! <laughs> so poor Joey gets lost in the talk of code because it drags on. And, you know, they're talking about, well, I'll let you go ahead and, exp and explain about the concert, the, main the, the analogy is okay so basically it's you're, you're talking about you know the girls are saying that kissing is you know just as important as all the other intimate things and so they started talking about like talking in well in this analogy as like kissing being the comedian before Pink Floyd takes the stage. And so anyways, like they keep talking about this and, and it's just kind of funny because they keep in this analogy. They're not like, you know, they're not saying exactly what they're saying. They're speaking in this analogy and they keep going back and forth about it. It's like, well, if you want the band to come back out, you better bring back that comedian, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, I mean, it's just like this funny thing back and forth between the guys and the girls. And then, you know, like, oh, Ross's line. I love Ross's line. He's like, he says, well, it's not that we don't enjoy the comedian, but that's not why we bought the ticket. Uh -huh. And so anyways, they keep talking about it. And then Joey, at the end of it, he gets really confused and he asks what they're basically like asks what they're talking about yeah, like it's we'll bring back that comedian or you're gonna find yourself listening to that album alone, alone. and that's when joey asks are we still talking about sex yeah that's where he got confused and then it's all <laughs> So, yeah, it yeah. Joey, the lovable dim one, he's funny, he's endearing, and, and you know he's not exactly, at this point, the, the brightest bulb in the box. Right, and I'm sure you've heard throughout the years that it was actually Matt LeBlanc, for those who don't know, Matt LeBlanc is the actor who plays Joey, and it was his idea to kind of dumb down Joey. I'm not sure if I ever knew that. Yeah. So, but it was his idea. So I don't know exactly how the writers envisioned Joey. Maybe not quite as dumb, or maybe that wasn't even part of it. But uh, Matt LeBlanc. Didn't I read somewhere that, like, 
Joey was actually at one point the like the writers envisioned it was supposed to be like Joey and Monica together. Is that correct? Yeah. We Do you remember reading anything about that? Yeah, we mentioned on um, our episode one of Pivot that Monica and Joey were supposed to be the big love couple, but mm-hmm. you know, we're like that would never work. Joey's a ladies' man who's not going to settle, and he's going to have a different girl every day. And Monica already wants to get married and have babies. Like that would yeah, you can tell that. she wants she wants that, and just the epi- like the first episode she wants that. Yeah, like that that would never last. So I'm think so I thought like when did that change? Because it seems like we talked about in our last episode of Pivot <laughs> that you know it kind of showed you that Ross and Rachel a, a thing might happen because Ross is all oh who would I ask out. And then it shows Rachel looking all yeah. bad by the window. Well, and then just you can tell that Joe or that uh, Ross had a thing for Rachel anyway, just by how kind of nervous and clumsy he gets whenever she first walks in. So there yeah. was that thing yeah. of like, oh, there's something there, or there was something there. Like you know, you find out that, like they all go to high school together, and so he like obviously it comes to light that he had a crush on on her in high school, but. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but it kind of leads down that path, you know, like, okay, this is going to be probably the, the couple to look out for. Yeah, so something could be rekindled or maybe not, but I don't know when the writers decided to ditch the Monica-Joey idea. It almost seems like they ditched that idea before the first episode, before the pilot. Right. That's me. I'm like, well, when did they, when did they, when did they, when did they? Well, yeah, because, I mean, the first episode you have... Joey kind of hitting on Rachel and Monica calling him out for it. Yeah. In a way, so no. it's like, when was this going to happen? <laughs> right. Right. So now we, um, oh, for those of you joining, this is our happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse me while I. <laughs> All right then. Um, let's do yeah. the next. I, I, I was I was thinking that earlier whenever I did that with my bottle opener. I was like, whoopsies. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, we'll get back to this episode because I know nobody nobody cares about our personal lives. In case you know, nobody cares. They all just care about friends. But real quickly, real quickly, <laughs> we have these. Uh, a lot of us at work, we have these energy drinks and it's called Bang Energy mm-hmm. Drinks. And they have all these different flavors. Um. Bang Energy Company, you can send my sponsor check to Corpus Christi, Texas. I'll wait by the mailbox. Get <laughs> <laughs> what I wish. Anyway, so we'll we'll joke, and every time we open the can, it's like <laughs> time for a cold one, you know. <laughs> so anyway, that's what that reminded me of. But yes, um, Today was sponsored by, no, I'm just kidding. I wish. Wouldn't that be nice, Whitney? Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Say to hang out and have fun. All right, back to the show. This scene is Ross at the museum. I have to say, I know we usually will talk about this at the end, and I will reiterate this at the end, but this has to be probably my favorite scene in this whole, like in, in this episode. Is this your funniest moment? It really is. I think, I mean, I literally laughed out loud let me guess while watching let me guess, this let me, guess, let me guess when ross says pregnant is that it 
when he said, "Oh no, 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 no!" It's is is before is before before that before that. I'll set it up, and then we'll go into your funniest moment. Carol shows okay. up. Carol is once again Ross's ex-wife, and she shows up and tells Ross that she is pregnant with his baby. Mind you, we've already learned in episode one that she left him for a woman. So this was he rocked Ross's world. Rocked his world. And so now she shows up at his job and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And he's standing next to that Neanderthal. Yes. Of a man, you know, in this dinosaur exhibit. And I'm not even going to pretend I know what era this was. Um, a prehistoric man. Some prehistoric, yeah. Yeah, and he's all pregnant. And he kind of makes the same motion and he's standing next to this, you know, I'm sure it's like some giant wax figure or something. And, it, and that's kind of funny. Um, I want to say, go ahead, Whitney. Go ahead and tell us your funniest moment. And then I've got one. Okay. Else the say. funniest moment because it was before Carol even came in is when oh. like as soon as they came back like you know you have the credits and then you come right to the museum and my funniest moment is he's sitting there with one of his co-workers and he's asking you know doesn't this uh cave caveman like look too angry or something and, and she the co-worker just like stops and she kind of puts down a rock that she's moving and she's like she has issues. <laughs> he was like, issues? What issues could she have? And she says, well, he's out banging other women over the head with a club while she sits at home trying to get the mastodon smell out of the carpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it made me laugh out loud. And Rafa says, these are cave people. They have issues like, gee, that glacier is getting kind of close. <laughs> it just really, that really just made me laugh out loud. I thought that was hilarious. It was kind of funny to see Ross like interact with a coworker at the museum and while they're trying to put together like this display and that like, it just, it was funny. I thought that was a very funny moment, this but that was my funniest moment. This is gonna sound so superficial and stupid, but I'm always distracted by that coworker's bowl haircut. She had mm. like almost a like a feminine ladies' version of the bowl haircut. <laughs> I think I think people wore their hair like that in the seventies. I think ladies did too. And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at your. You didn't fully haircut. leave that decade, apparently. I don't know if they were trying to make her look nerdy on purpose. You know, because yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean I don't think I zeroed in on her hair. I, that's just funny that you mentioned that. I mean, because I, I think everything else was about that scene was so funny. I don't think I <laughs> noticed her hair. Uh, Anyways, you did not notice her hair. I mean, not to a point where I like made a note of it. I stare I every time. I'm like, wow, look at that hair. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what I always think when I see her? And I don't think it's her, but she really, really, really looks like the sister in the TV show, Roseanne. She looks like Roseanne's sister with a bowl haircut. Aunt Jackie? Yes, Aunt Jackie. Is that her? 
Mm-mm. I didn't grow up watching Roseanne. Um, no, that's not. No, because I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that actress. Like that, that's not her. Yeah, I know that was a huge show, but I didn't really like keep up with it. So I'm like, right. hey, looks like that lady from Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's a that's what I think of. I'm distracted by the bull haircut, and that's I'm funny. Wondering, is that the lady from Roseanne's? <laughs> But what I want to say before we move on from away from the scene is yes. that the actress that plays Carol, Ross's ex-wife, you're nodding because you already know, right? Was this your Yeah, it was too? in my notes, actually. Yes. Yeah, can you tell us what you're thinking? Well, that's not the, she, that's, this is the only time that this actress plays Carol. This one and only show. Yeah, this this one and only episode. Like the rest of the episode, it's the one that is in for the in, the rest of the series. Every time we see Carol, it's the new one. You know. So what I mean, I'm wondering what happened with this actress that you know she was only in this one episode and then somebody else took over. Oh, I know, I know, I know, oh. I know. Please shed some light on this. <laughs> that was my Monica. Yes, and we'll get to that one later too. <laughs> Um, this actress, because it was so, this is only the second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I guess at this point, they still didn't know if the show was going to be picked up or not. And so she came on, she did the show and she actually got busy with other, other work, other projects. And she was oh. available the next time they needed her. And um, now I might be making something up. Like I want to say she was already under contracts elsewhere. But what I do know is true is that she got busy and she couldn't come back. So that's okay. Well, actually, it might be a blessing because I really like the actress they bring in to play Carol next. And she stayed with throughout the rest of the show. Anytime Carol was on, it it was her. And I really, really like her. That's another thing that I like about Friends. I say, I mean, I've already said it a few times between last week's episode and, and today, I've already said it. They are so consistent with everything. Mm-hmm. And aside from this, because it sounds like they had to recast her. Right. Um, it probably wouldn't have been first choice. Right. And maybe that's the reason in other shows why they recast people. But it seems like other shows recast people a lot like they're not that consistent and friends kept everybody consistent mm-hmm. I think this is the only one where um it's not it's not the same person but it's yeah. so early on that it works out because the future Carol is the same Carol for forever and ever right she always be Carol, but I do like that. I mean, Susan didn't change when we meet Susan. Like, yeah, I mean, because she's the same Susan throughout the entire show too. You're right, and she's showing up in this episode. She is, yes. All right, well, let's move on. So there's a scene change because uh, Carol showed up. Hey, Ross, I'm pregnant. Scene change. Now they're all back at Monica's apartment, and Rachel lives there now, so it's also her apartment, right? Yeah, they're officially roommates. She's living there. And I, I just, for whatever reason, I love the scenes that they're all just kind of hanging out in the living room and watching TV. Like last week's episode, it was the telenovela. 
this week's episode, it was uh, Three's Company. Oh, like, yes. And, and uh, Chandler makes a joke about that. Chandler clearly, obviously makes a joke um, about this must be the episode where there's some kind of misunderstanding. <laughs> and Phoebe goes, oh, well, I've already seen this one and turns the TV off. <laughs> yeah. That's like the premise for every single show. Exactly. That's why it's so funny. There. It's so weird because I know Suzanne Summers as like mm-hmm. the master lady in the 90s. Yes. And, you know, I didn't, we, we were too little for her show, Three's Company. Mm-hmm. I do remember seeing it start, but I had to have been a toddler or something when I lived in that house in Houston. So, of course, I didn't watch it, but. I wasn't going to understand anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, she looks so young in there. Like right? It's different when you see somebody in a completely different scenario. Yeah. So in this scenario, we see Monica cleaning like crazy. And she's explaining that her parents favor Ross. And so, so now we're, we're getting a, a look into the, the, the Gellers. Right, the Gellers. And so she's like, Everything has to be perfect. I can't give them any more ammunition. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel for her. I mean, it's funny. Like I, whenever my mom would come visit me or something, it's like I would feel the need to clean, but not obsessively clean like that. You know, it's not like everything had to be in its place. So I, I, I feel bad for her. Right. So she's like, hey, maybe that's where you don't see it. Well. You see her cleaning obsession here, mm-hmm. but you think it's because her parents are coming over. It's to please and, them, right? So, yeah. But this is going to be a Monica thing from here on out. I think pretty much from here on out, really, it's like they, they start making comments about her being like her cleanliness and obsessive compulsive, like things have to be in a place. Yeah, not mm-hmm. health inspector clean. Monica Monica clean. clean. (laughs) I just saw that episode the other night. That's funny. Oh my gosh. But um, hey, and then right here, once again, is the answer to our trivia question. You know, what unsightly neighbor do they have? Like he shows up in this episode, and the answer, of course, like we already stated, was ugly naked guy. Yes. Yes. This is Ugly Naked Guy's first sighting, but we never see him. No. Not yes. until further down the line. I was going to say, yeah. Here, we see him one time. You just have Chandler pointing him out because Chandler's at the window. And he's like, ah, Ugly Naked Guy got a thigh master. Thigh master. That's really funny. We Wait. were just talking about thigh master. They had to have done that on purpose. It had to, like, there had to have been. I mean, right. like you said, last week it was a telenovela. This mm-hmm. is Mystery's Company. They're talking about the thigh master. And yeah, because in the 90s, that's what Suzanne Summers was promoting. If you don't know who yeah. Suzanne Summers is, I know we just talked about her, but she's one of the ladies on the TV screen that you see in the TV show that they're watching that is called Three's Company. She's the blonde. Christy. Yeah. It's Chrissy with a T. I thought it was Chrissy. No, Chrissy. Oh, I, I just didn't hear you right. Yeah, it's Chrissy. I'm going to have to cut myself off pretty soon. 
And then Rachel is looking for her engagement ring. She's going to give it back to Barry. She realizes she has lost it. She cannot find it. Whitney, do you know where it is found? Yes. Um, you see her go into the kitchen and kind of put her hands on the countertop. Like she's bracing herself and she's like, no, 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 no. And she lost it in the lasagna that Monica had just made. And somebody had made a comment about, or it's Rachel. She's like, well, you know, if you feel better, it's like perfect. You know, it looks perfect. Yeah. I'm going to have to destroy to dig the ring out. Ouchie. And do you remember who digs the ring out? Because Monica's like, I can't, I, I can't. Well, they all start going to work. It's it's uh, Joey Chandler and Phoebe all start getting in there. Yeah. And Phoebe's actually the one that pulls the ring out. Yeah. Oh, I want to make a comment about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I believe this is one of the first Rachel mishaps and a glimpse into Rachel's character about mm-hmm. how she is Queen Rachel uh, in her Rachel land, <laughs> you know, that Brad Pitt points out in many seasons later yeah i think it's season eight i believe i don't know what season but that's like the best episode ever is where he shows oh, it up. is it's great but um yeah so here we are and she's all well, like, and the fact that she loses things that yeah. that gets brought up a few times down the line too it's like she's losing things yeah monica even doesn't she's not she's like no, I'm not allowed to borrow things. Like, <laughs> that's like in, you know, I, I, I keep wanting to say decades later. <laughs> like, it seems like it is. You know, yeah, it does seem like it's decades later, but, you know, that's brought up. So, very good point. Here we are. She lost something. So. Then, here, uh, I was going to say, like, uh, as they're digging it out, in the lasagna, like knock on the door. Monica goes to open up the door and there's Ross with his very sad, pathetic, hi. Hi, it's that dreadful hi It's Yes, it's that one you're just like, oh my gosh, we've heard this a couple times now. <laughs> yeah, and it's only episode two. Yes. But I love it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's very consistent, oh my goodness. But he's there to tell Monica, about uh, Carol being pregnant. So, uh, of course, Monica, for selfish reasons, wants Ross to go ahead and bring all of this up to, you know, their parents, maybe take some of the heat off her. Yeah, but before the parents arrive, like you said, Ross shows up and he's all like, hi. And she's like, good night, like, well, that's not a quote, but she's like, you know, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what is going on now? What? And he just says, you know, Carol's pregnant. And she's like, what? And she just has like this look. She's got no words. She's like, what? Like, how? Like, and he's like, yeah, do that for two hours. And then you'll be where I'm where at. I'm at now. <laughs> and, and in the meantime, or somewhere in there, or just after that, Phoebe's all like, oh, I found it. She yeah. <laughs> Phoebe finds the ring right at that moment. In the lasagna. Yeah. And then um, then there's a cut. Oh, man. And so the parents are now there. And before we talk about the parents, I want to talk about what Monica's wearing. 
<laughs> oh man, I need to pay better attention. Non-fashionable non Monica. Now, once again, you know in real life, I am not a fashionista. <laughs> uh, Monica is wearing black slacks, so like black dressy pants, and they're kind of like white leg and mm -hmm. um, like an off-white vest. So she is- Oh yeah, she is. She's dressed up for her parents. Her now, parents. I don't like this and I don't think I ever did. Um, well, actually I can't say that. I don't like it now. I don't like it in recent times, but I probably didn't think anything of it back when it aired and I watched it back then. Yeah. Because that I think that is what dressing up looks like for that time. It's like uber old. Yeah, I was thinking it's about so like, you know, just what would you, I mean, wearing because look at all like the back images. then, because you're thinking like, okay, it's like mid 90s. You know, you do a lot of like spaghetti strap maxi dresses. But that's not dress like up. little baby doll dresses. That's like daily stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, I think you're yeah. like, well, I was going to say, I end up watching the next episode too. And there was like, she had like kind of the high waisted uh, black pants, like the, with the white vertical stripes that go down. And though I remember those are very, and I actually had a pair. <laughs> I, I can't picture it. I have to see it again. Yeah, it'll be but, next episode. But yeah, I, mean, I think that's just like what you wore um, when you were trying to be a little bit more upscale maybe rather than just your daily Doc Martens or tennis shoes with flannel jeans or baby doll dresses. With a white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, so I do think she was dressed up for that time, but look at all of so early nine early mid 90s is still like this but especially 80s look at all the 80s movies when everybody's like especially like all of the molly ringwald movies mm -hmm. like she's oh except like pretty and pink like she's usually like the rich rich girl right everybody that's dressed up they all wear old people clothes i'm like dude they're dressed like they're 45 in right their, in high school like what is going on um but I think that's what dressed up was. So well, yeah, because I think whenever you're dressing up at that, I mean, because I you got to think of how old these characters are too. Like these characters are supposed to be in their young twenties, right? Twenties, right? So dressing up to them would probably be like more, you know, dressing um, a little bit older than what they are. Yeah, I, I think. think so. So I do like it. Like I said, I don't like it today. I didn't think anything of it back then, but I do think that she was dressed up for that time. Right. I mean, cause I mean, dressing up for me during that time, I, <clears throat> I'd have been like 14 years old. So my dressing up would be completely different than probably wearing that because I'm not in my young twenties. It would be a little bit, something a little bit more uh, adolescent, I guess. I don't know, but I did not dress like that I don't think so <laughs> and maybe that's why Chandler Bing wears that sweater vest oh maybe he's preppy maybe he's dressed up because even though yeah. right now we don't know what his job is we just know he inputs numbers um that's right yeah he might be the one with a little bit extra cash so he dresses nicer I don't know 
But moving yeah. on. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. The parents arrive. And oh, the parents. And Monica all dinner long. I feel really, really bad for Monica. And at first I'm like, oh, look at this. Like Jack is the one that's coming to her side and like, you know, is is the one that builds her up or whatever. Yeah, and but he builds her up with like kind of like insults, right? But he well, doesn't. Yeah, because it. see, the thing is like whenever he first starts in, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, well, see, daddy's really nice to her. Look at that. And then it's like you hear him keep going and you're like, oh, well, that doesn't sound very nice at all. <laughs> And this is the first time we hear him use her little pet name of our little harmonica. Yes, that never goes away. Once again, Mm -hmm. consistency. Yeah. Brilliance of this show. Exactly. And they keep those little details throughout the series. Oh, I remember when he says it. He says it because he's talking about, he's like, you know, I'm reading about all these women and so, and I'm trying I, to have it all. Trying to have it all. And I know in the 90s, Whitney, I don't know if you feel this way. We, I, I know I felt like we always got the message of a woman can do anything. Well, of course. Yes. And that will actually come up in a future episode mm-hmm. where Joey's like, that, you can't do that. That's like a, if a woman, they were talking about jobs and occupations. If yes. a woman was, uh, you know, and they were like, what's the end of that sentence? But anyway, yeah, it's all about like, you can have everything. You don't have to choose between having a family and a career, raising your children and a career. You can mm-hmm. do both. Like you can, if you want both, you can have both or one or the other. So that was the big, the big message. And so Jack Geller, that's Monica's dad. <laughs> like, you know, I read about the trying to have it all. And I just thank God that our little harmonica, harmonica. isn't like that which doesn't make monica feel good because you know it didn't work out with paul the wine guy she's yeah uh her mom i think by this point has already stated like oh what are we having spaghetti oh oh that's easy (laughs) but rachel had to make i mean not rachel monica had to make spaghetti because the lasagna got ruined by the lost dream. The engagement ring. Yes. Yeah, I just, I mean, I really start feeling bad for Monica at this point because it's like every time her mom speaks to her, it's just, it doesn't sound very nice at all. And you're just like, oh my gosh, how did this girl grow up? <laughs> and Monica is like asking Ross, like, uh, he's telling him about the whole baby lesbian thing, yeah. but this is not when he does it. Mm-mm. He doesn't do it right now. So they go on, and what I think is kind of funny is Judy, who is Monica's mom, mm-hmm. she makes a comment about Rachel. She says that they ran into Rachel's parents at the club. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, what Rachel did with her life. And then, as we've already stated, here's the answer to our other trivia question. It was, you know, how much did they spend on Rachel's wedding? Because Jack Geller's response to what Rachel did with her life is something to the effect of, well, I'm not going to say what they 
spent or what they put in, but $40,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh man. $40,000 is a lot of money. That That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, just to be able to blurt out how much they've spent on the wedding right. while they're sitting there having dinner just sounds so weird. Like you don't <laughs> want to gossip, but you really want to say this. He's all like, you know, whatever, whatever. Forty thousand dollars, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It's like he he just couldn't help himself. He had to do it. He just had to throw it in there. And um, then there's a scene change, and they're at. But do you realize the transitions? Did you watch the transitions? It's Jack Geller's plate and how much food is on his plate. No, I did not catch that. Yeah, it's how much food, because he just keeps going about Monica and stuff, and so it keeps going, and his plate keeps, you know, it's like a little less spaghetti, and then he's mopping up spaghetti sauce with his bread. <laughs> oh, yes, and it's just him making comments about Monica, and you know what yes. his comments was? You know, like we just all hated. Like, when you're thinking that, oh, well, see, she's got her daddy's, like, her, like, Daddy has her back. No, 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 no. I mean, he is. Re- I mean, he he's saying what he thinks is actually pretty nice things, but they don't sound that nice. <laughs> right, because we already said our little harmonica doesn't mm-hmm. have that problem. She's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't even have the dilemma of do I pursue? I don't know a family or my career. Right. So he's already said that, but he also says stuff like. You've always been independent. You know, it's because mm-hmm. you're so independent. Remember when you were chubby and you had no friends? You were yes. fine. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, and then he's like, you know, you'd be in your room doing your puzzles. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just like, oh my gosh, please stop talking. <laughs> and you're right. That's when they show like less and less food. And so by the end of it, he's like, mopping the spaghetti sauce up with his bread and then she's like finally looking over at Ross like do you have any stories or fun anecdotes yeah. <laughs> but he, he still doesn't say anything she says that later because they cut to the coffee shop and what I noticed at the coffee shop I do not think this was on episode one I think episode one it had like a green post a green pole because I didn't talk about it but I want to say no this is still at the dinner table it's after because Judy says the comment to her and oh, then it goes and then then mm-hmm. so she so he finally says um okay I know you guys have been wondering about why me and Carol split up well here's the deal she's a lesbian mm-hmm. and she's pregnant with my baby and she and her lesbian partner are going to raise the baby. And Judy, Ross and Monica's mom immediately turns and looks at Monica and goes, and you knew about this? Right, so somehow yet again, Monica did wrong. It's Monica's fault, or she's getting the brunt of, you know, this whole messed up situation that Ross is in. Like it's now she's getting clubbed over the head with it. I was like, dude, bless back. her heart. She's yes. Oh. And you know what? I must say, sad. this, I believe, is my funniest moment for this episode. 
is Judy. No, he's just like, and they do this in a future episode where that Thanksgiving episode where it's all this information at once. And I think that's what makes it so funny to me. Mm -hmm. In the future, it's all like, I love Jacques Cousteau. But, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't want to say the rest because it's just so funny, but it's it's too bad we have to wait decades to talk about that episode. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No fear. Ross just lays out all this information. And it's just like, you know, I know you've been wondering like what really happened with me and Carol. So up to this point, his parents obviously know that he's divorced or still going through his divorce, but they don't know the real reason Reason why they have probably been wondering like, what happened? Mm -hmm. What happened, guys? (laughs) So (laughs) future episode. Um, so he goes and tells them, cause yeah, like you said, you're totally right. Monica's like, you don't have anything to say, no anecdotes. And so he lets it all out. He you lets know, it out. He lets it all go. Yep. I know you've been wondering what happened to me and Carol. So here it is. Carol is a lesbian. <laughs> She's living with a woman named Susan. She's pregnant with my child, and she and Susan are going to raise the baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. We both had Ross moments as our funniest moment. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so fun because it's a lot of information, and I just love. He's like, here's like. A punch in the gut, number one. Punch yeah. in the gut, number two. Punch in the gut, exactly. You know, like. He just it, keeps them coming. He just keeps on. Oh my gosh. It's like one after the other. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Another feature episode. Oh and my that, gosh. That's so funny. Judy turns to Monica and is like, hey, you knew about this? And you knew about this? Poor Monica. Like, it's Monica's fault that. Carol is now a lesbian. Yeah, like somehow Monica. And that Ross got her pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I know. I I feel really bad for Monica at that point, but it it explains a lot. (laughs) Do you want to go into the coffee shop scene or do you want me to go into the coffee shop scene? Because this is when they, now is when they transition, right? Right. You start because I didn't have too much on this one. I started erroneously a few minutes ago talking about this lamp and a post. Oh. <laughs> so in this coffee shop, they have like next to the famous couch, there's mm-hmm. like a pole and it's a green pole and they have a couple of these, not too many, in the coffee house. And there's in episode one, I'm pretty darn sure they had this pole next to the couch. Cause I was like, oh, that post or pole, it's green, is in episode one. That's the one where Ross punches his hand decades later. Oh, uh, decades later. <laughs> it's here in episode one. But here we are, episode yeah. two, in that post pole, it's made of metal. It's painted green. Is that a post or a pole? Uh, probably a post. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe. We're going to call it a post. Yeah. Um, it's not there in episode hmm. two. What is there instead is a lamp. Interesting. And this lamp is like green, blue, and orange, and it's right next to the couch. So I was like, well, that's different from the first episode. And in here, we learned that Phoebe is a twin because she says that mm -hmm. her twin is a high-powered career type and they don't speak. So Chandler's all like, what, what does she do? And Phoebe's <laughs> just like, she's a waitress. She's a waitress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. She's like, she's a waitress. She's a high-powered career type gal. And, you know, it's like, oh, what does she do? Uh, uh, waitress. So... Once again, character development for Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Episode one, she's got a super complicated family history. Episode, Episode two, two, she's got a twin. That she doesn't talk to. Also, keeps do, you know, do you know why I think they, they did the twin thing for Phoebe? Because she was also working on... Uh... That was later. No, it no. Was at the same I... time? I think she like she was doing Friends while she was still doing Ursula on Mad About You. Okay, I didn't watch Mad About You. Did you watch it? I didn't either, but it was during the same time. And later they have, you know, Helen Hunt come in with a, like somebody else. So I'm, I'm thinking it was during that same time. And I think that's why they gave her the twin. How often was she on Mad About You? I thought she was on. I don't know. I just know that. I mean, she was the waitress of the place that they would go to. Oh, for those of you thinking that we should know the answer to this, we are fans of friends. <laughs> Not about you. Not mad about you. <laughs> so we don't know the answer to that. But interesting fact, the lead on Mad About You, her name is Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt came to our teeny, tiny, tiny town in yep. Oklahoma, where both Whitney and I are from. Now, disclaimer, I am not an Okie. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> I was born in Houston. I love Texas. <laughs> Ava hates Texas because Texans just love Texas too much. Sorry. <laughs> but I did to Oklahoma, small town, Ponca City, Oklahoma, where I met my high school BFF and still in my life today, Whitney. Yay! Oh, so I, I know it took me a while, but I am very grateful that I lived in the grand small, small town <laughs> of Ponca City, Oklahoma. Shout out to PC. <laughs> I consider it one of my hometowns. Okay, and well, I'll take it. The whole point of this, it could be a totally different story, but I really think God put me in Ponca City to get me out of trouble in Houston and Katy, Texas. But ah, there you go. Um, the whole point of that is Helen Hunt came to film the movie Twister in our tiny town of Ponca City and surrounding area. So if you listen to episode one of Pivot, you hear me ask Whitney, hey, that bridge I had to go across to get to your house is oh, yeah. the bridge that appears in the movie Twister. And it wasn't. But... Spoiler alert, it was not. <laughs> we had more than one bridge. But anyway, 
Mm. Ellen Hunt did uh, visit our hometown and I didn't meet her. Did you meet her, Whitney? I didn't meet her, but- you Carrie Elways, don't tell me you did. I don't remember. No, I didn't meet Carrie Elways either. Um, I'm, uh, I met some of the crew. Okay. And then my mom and dad met, what's his face? Um, Bill Paxton. No, wait, did they meet Bill Paxton? He was in the movie, I right? remember. There, there, was, there was a bunch of um, like crew and there were some cast members. I, I can't remember if they met Bill Paxton or not. No, my brother met Bill Paxton and asked him if he was the one that peed himself in True Lies. <laughs> And, and he said, yeah, he said, yeah, kid, watch Apollo 13. <laughs> and not impressed. <laughs> yeah. And so that was that. Okay. I think my mom and dad were talking to the guy that played Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh. Alan something. He was in that movie also, Twister? Yeah, he's in the movie. Oh, I don't remember him. Yeah, he was one of the Storm Chaser guys from their their team. I just remember that Helen Hunt was said to be not a nice lady. I heard that. Um, from several people. And that Bill Paxton and Carrie Elways, who is oh so cute, um, that they were very nice. The mm. people that met him that I knew of. But yes, interesting fact about Whitney and Brianna. So <laughs> back to friends. Back to friends, which you really, really care about. Phoebe's a twin. Phoebe herself appeared on Mad About You mm-hmm. as her twin, right? Ursula. Or as her twin, Ursula. Mm-hmm. So Ursula makes an appearance on Friends decades later. <laughs> That's going to be my running joke for this episode, I think. I know, it really is. It means seasons, okay. <laughs> um, so here... Do you want to say anything about this? It, I mean, it's not very long because the next thing no, you know, I mean, that's, that's basically all I had um, in the coffee house was, I mean, it was a funny little joke about when they were talking about their parents and stuff or who they grew up with. You know, Monica said, if I know we can't choose our parents, but if we could choose our parents, I'd choose yours. And she pointed to Ross. Right. Which is her brother. I mean. So that, I thought that moment was kind of funny. Uh, but other than that, no, I basically put, like, we learned that Phoebe is a twin. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, Ross gets up and he goes to the bathroom. And while he's in the bathroom, everybody leaves. Because Rachel's like, okay, guys, like, I really have to clean up. So she's closing down the coffee house. Everybody leaves. Ross comes out of the bathroom and he's like. Another funny oh, Ross moment. Yeah, it's another Ross, like, funny moment from him. How long was I in there? <laughs> But then they have kind of a sweet moment where he asks, like, the lights are off, she's sweeping or whatever. And so Ross asks, uh, can I help you with anything? And, of course, Princess Rachel. <laughs> her Rachel thing in her Rachel land. Yeah. She's like, sure. And then just hands him the broom and sits down. <laughs> yes. Puts her feet up. She sits down on the sofa. She sits down on the couch and puts her feet up, which I thought was pretty funny. Because I'm like, again, <laughs> it kind of reveals her character. Yep. And so he's just like, okay. And he starts sweeping. And then they have a nice little moment where they talk about, I can't remember. I do. I remember. Okay. I thank you. I was like, no, I can't remember what it is they were talking about. You know, it's just them two. And they're mm-hmm. kind of talking about like their 
crushed marital dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, Rachel just ditched Barry at the altar. Ross was super in love with Carol. Later we'll learn that, you know, Ross did everything that was ideal. Right. Carol in that still, you know, kind of, it shattered his dream. Mm -hmm. He's ending up divorced. His former wife is pregnant with his child and, you know, he's not going to be there on a daily basis. So they're kind of talking about that. And it's Rachel that says, you know, remember when we were in high school? So this is reminding you again that they did know each other years past. They had a history, like a history in high school. Yeah. And she's like, didn't you think that you would just meet someone, fall in love, and that would be it? And she asks, when did it get so complicated? And Ross, because like, as you said, Whitney, Mm -hmm. Rachel, Ross is like, hey, can I help? And she's like, yeah, here you go. Gives him the broom and sits down on the the table. And so now Ross is, he's behind the couch and he has his hands on the couch and Rachel is sitting on the couch and she just kind of leans her head back. And, yeah. and so her head, her hair is on his hand that's on the couch. And you can see Ross and he's just kind of like, Ooh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He doesn't want to move because he loves her because he loves her. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a sweet little moment because it does show, I mean, it's a, a kind of a tender moment between the two of them. Um, and it, it definitely shows you that the show could be heading in a direction of like, okay, will they or won't they? Right. Because remember, he asked, can I sort of kind of maybe if you want, but not really? Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometime, maybe. Okay, then maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can, maybe. So yeah. this kind of, like you said, hints into that. And then it cuts to another scene. Like, that's pretty much it at the coffee house. It mm-hmm. cuts to Ross, who has um, the sonogram appointment with Carol. Yes. And I want to say something. He greets Carol. And if you notice this, they do this a lot on Friends. Um, he greets Carol by giving her a kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. They are very affectionate. And yeah. the friends are. Because oftentimes when Hector, Hector is my husband, Hector, when Hector and I are watching, you'll see like Monica sitting on Ross or Joey or Chandler's lap. Yeah. And my husband Hector is like, who sits like that with their friend? Who sits that close to their sibling? Right. Who does that? And it could just be really good chemistry from the cast who's so comfortable with each other. I think a lot of it would be because I mean, I think, you know, they just how they are with each other in real life kind of would translate to how their characters are. But Ross, this is Carol, who is only in here for this episode. And he Mm -hmm. with a kiss on the cheek. That had to be a director's call. And well, that probably would be direct. I mean, because the thing is, I mean, they did have a relationship. They were married and, you know, they are now having a baby. And I would so. have to say he still loves her because it wasn't yes. a good idea to get divorced. Like nothing changed in his mind. 
Right. He may, he may still have a crush on Rachel at this point, but I mean, of course he's still, I mean, he's still, he can't just turn those loving feelings off yeah, towards his wife. wife. Right. Pregnant with his child. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, who greets their ex that way? If I just got dumped for somebody else, let alone someone of <laughs> my husband's same sex, right. I would not be inclined to greet them with a kiss. <laughs> I mean, but that could be a director's call. It could also be Ross's character. Well, I think it's Ross's That's character cool. too. I just think of how like their relationship down the line too. I mean, they they still remain fairly close. Well, and he loves Carol. Mm-hmm. He still I'm, I'm answering my own question. Mm-hmm. He loves Carol. He doesn't want mm-hmm. to be divorced. He still wants to be married to her. Remember, I just want to be married. I just want to be married again. Yeah, from the first episode. So, you know, in and in future episodes, he comes across Carol and he's like, hey, what what why don't we give ourselves a try again? And she's like, um That's in the yeah. first season too, isn't it? Yeah, because she's still pregnant. Yeah, because she's pregnant when that happens. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'm answering my own question. He still loves her. Yes. Uh, like I said, I mean, we still have this chemistry and this history and this whatever with Rachel and, you know, a kind of a blooming will they or won't they kind of thing to get together since they're now both like single. But I mean, in real life, if you break up with somebody or separate from somebody, I mean, you just don't turn those feelings off right away. You just can't do that. Right. You know, you're, you're still going to have feelings mm-hmm. yeah so I always hold a special place in your heart as long as they weren't like horrible to you well right and it sounds like they had a nice marriage yeah the only it thing just, is that she's attracted to women <laughs> Otherwise, so, just, a, just a tiny detail <laughs> and that's not ross's fault he didn't do anything wrong yeah you know, so, there has to still be people. feelings there for sure. Yeah. Well, then Susan walks in and, you know, Ross is like, you know, they're just like all high and high. Do you have any comments on this? Cause I, okay. Now I just, okay. I just want to say when I say like, I just wrote down, we meet Susan, okay. but I love Susan. Anytime that Susan is in an episode, I'm just like, <laughs> because I mean, she has like this like this, I don't know. She rubs Ross the wrong way, which is really funny. And then, and then, and then her, like just the way she delivers lines, like she has like this very kind of flat, dry delivery. And it always makes me laugh. I love that. She's like more sarcastic than Chandler. Yes. Like they are so, oh my gosh. I just, every time she's on, I do a little happy dance. <laughs> What's crazy about Susan is that like what I don't, it's not that I don't like, but something mm-hmm. that to me is not attractive about Susan. has not made mm-hmm. her, you know, physicalness. The actress is obviously very beautiful. Right. But she's just seems she comes across to me as like a Debbie Downer. She's like, so oh, because of that, maybe flat delivery. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to say it right now, but she does have a very funny line that I love later. 
in this episode. But every time I see her, she's just like drab. Yeah, and I was like, like sarcasm. Yeah, but I I think that's but I like that. I think it's funny, but I think I think she's hilarious. I mean, she's got some great (laughs) one-liners. She has some fantastic one-liners that like make me like literally LOL. Like she's the Debbie Downer that I love and don't get tired of. (laughs) And I I have been holding back to say my one favorite line, but it's coming up soon. So okay, well then let's get to it. All right. Um, well, that's pretty much it. Like Susan walks in, you know, they're like, Hey, hi, like whatever, what's up? Like, I don't really want to talk to you. And Ross is like touching everything in sight in the doctor's office. And he picks up that instrument, that metal instrument. And he's like, Hey, Carol, look, quack, 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 quack. And she's like, that opens my cervix. Like he like drops it, you know, immediately. Yeah. And I think Ross is just like nervous now. He doesn't even know what the hell to do. And then there's a scene change and we go to the dentist's office. We go to blah, blah, blah. We go to Barry's dental office. Yes. And this scene is also very short, even shorter than Ross, Carol, and Susan at the OBGYN. Um, Rachel goes to give back the room to Barry and Barry's got a patient. It's a young boy. You know, Barry. Oh, this, I like the same too. No, no, it's Rachel. Rachel tells Barry, you look great. That's pretty much it. Then the scene changes and it comes back to Ross and his women at the OBGYN. <laughs> Do you want to say anything about Barry and Rachel before we go back to the guy now? Um, no, because do we go back to, then does it go back to, yeah, right. it goes back to the dentist, right? right? The, it's back to the OBGYN. Okay. With Ross, Carol, and Susan. And then later, we're back at the dentist's office. Okay, that's what I'm, that's, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, I'll okay, so go ahead. Back. OBGYN, Ross is still knocking over tools, teaching samples, like, little stuff that's decorating and mm-hmm. he just looks nervous. Susan is holding her head down as he's knocking over all these things and she's looking embarrassed and behind Susan on the wall is like a rack of magazines and I don't know if you noticed Whitney but there's a magazine called Highlight. Yes and I did notice that. I remember Highlight uh-huh. at our dentist's office and um it's a kid's magazine and you would I loved it because I would always do like you would have to find the picture I didn't really oh, yeah. read about any of the other articles so as I'm watching this episode on friends I'm thinking hey that's a kid's magazine at the OBGYN <laughs> Whitney do you take your kids for OBGYN appointments you have to kids. sure do not <laughs> you let them see the perfects get opened. I'm like, who takes their kid to the OBGYN? And then I started thinking, Brianna, don't be so harsh. Like, not everybody has a nanny. I don't have mm-hmm. a nanny either. But um, I could see taking your small baby 
who sits in the baby carrier. But I can imagine yeah. being like a toddler and those highlight magazines, they're not for toddlers. They're no, like elementary school age kids who know how to read. Right. So, yeah, that is, that's funny. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I did, I certainly did notice the highlights because I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it didn't register, I guess, that it was, you know, I was just thinking like, oh, they really put some detail in for the doctor's office. <laughs> it didn't just register that it was like the OBGYN. It's like, okay, who, who would bring their kids and why did the kids need an entertainment magazine? <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, what magazines do you find in the doctor's office? Uh, 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 highlights. highlights. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> highlights is a big one. <laughs> yes. I don't know what else. So then Ross asks the asks the question that's on everybody's mind. Come on now. How is this going to work? Right. And Carol's like, uh, I'm not sure. She's like, give me a for instance. She wants an example. Like, what are you talking about exactly? And so Ross throws out there, well, hey, like the baby's name. Mm-hmm. What what are we gonna do about the baby's name now? In my opinion, Whitney, it seems like Carol and Susan they've already worked that out. Well, yeah, of course they had to because the way they spit out the names, it's like, well, well, they clearly already had this in mind. Yeah. Do you remember the first names that I wrote down all the names that they throw right. out in this episode, but they're not all in this one scene. But do you remember the first names? The first name, I believe, was, was it, I want to, I always miss the guy's name. Is it, if, for a boy, is it Merlin? Close. Mervin. Marlin. Marlin. That's right. I'm like, Marlin. Okay, Marlin. Marlin for a boy and Minnie for a girl. Yes. And Ross can't get over that. Minnie reminds him of Minnie Mouse. He's like, you can't uh-huh. be serious. Like, that's not a direct quote, but he's like, you can't be serious. You know, well, he said, um, as in mouse. Yeah. And Carol's like, and she says, as in my grandmother. Right. Now, I have a Minnie in my family. Mm. My great aunt, so she's my grandmother's sister, her name is Minnie. Her actual name is Minnie Oline. Minioline. Obviously, this is not my Mexican side of the family. <laughs> my I'm like, tell me it's your dad's side. <laughs> yes. And today, my beloved, I am very happy to report that my beloved Minioline, who I grew up just calling Ean, she is 95 years old. Wow. So Impressive. I do agree with Ross that it reminds me of Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. And if it, I don't think Minnie Mouse, I'm thinking, oh, hey, look, I know y'all can't see me, Whitney, you can. Minnie reminds me, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> My hand. <laughs> I just saw that episode last night, actually. Did you really? Oh, oh my, that's oh, funny. That's one in a while. Uh, it'll be decades oh. before we talk about it. <laughs> so, so many good decades to come. So right now we've got Marlon and Minnie on the table. Ross mm. is not impressed. And like we both have said, they've already worked it out. So they have already told Ross, because Ross said this to Monica and everybody at her apartment. 
when he informed them that Carol is pregnant. Carol and Susan told Ross that he could be involved. Involved. Somebody even asked, like, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. So here in this scene, what I am picking up on is that involved in this child's life looks one way for Susan and Carol. And to me at this point, it looks like, well, we're going to do our thing and we'll keep, your, we'll keep you informed. Right. And you can show up if you want to. So it seems like they're already making the game plan without him. And that's probably not the type of involvement he's thinking of. Hence, what are we going to do about the baby's name, ladies? And they're like, Minnie and Marlon, dude. Minnie and yeah. Marlon. And he's like, what, 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 what? Did you what? not get the memo? Baby already has a name. Exactly. So he was totally not involved in that. Mm. Then we cut. Now, I don't remember here, but it goes back and forth with the names and a scene at the dentist. Um, so this might not be like in the same timeline if you're looking at minutes of the show, but they go on to talk about Minnie and Marlon mm-hmm. and Ross throws out Julia. He's like, how about Julia? And Susan is all looking at Carol. We agree. On right. Me. Yeah. Ross did not like that. And he's like, uh, funny, we, and then Carol, agreed to spend the rest of our lives together. And he says something like, things change, roll with the punches. He says something like that. Right. Okay, I think I know what your favorite line is. So, yeah. So now we cut to Uh. the dentist. So we're still at the OBGYN appointment. And... You know, they're all arguing about the names and this and that. And Ross is like, oh, that's funny. We, as in him and Carol, you know, promise to spend the rest of our lives together. And, you know, he also goes on to talk about how they go into talking about the baby's last name. So I might be jumping a little bit ahead, but somewhere in there, Mm -hmm. Ross says, what does he say? Do you remember, Whitney? More or less. It, um, he says something along the lines of, uh, oh, no, when they're talking about baby names, it was, you hear Ross say, Helen Geller. And that's the jumping point to, like, talking about the baby's last name. It's like, um, well, actually, <laughs> Geller's not going to be in it because he's like you can't be serious you're going to like do you know uh willick or no geller willick bunch i think is what it was and and they're like actually geller isn't going to be in it yeah so So, last names and geller isn't one of them yeah even though he's the father so him and susan are doing this back and forth and at some point you know, Ross, obviously, you need a man to make a child. Mm-hmm. But it's something about sperm. I don't remember right now. And then, and Susan says this line that I absolutely love. She's like, yeah, 
We all know what a challenge that is. <laughs> oh my God. You sounded just like her. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. You know, he says something, you know, I don't think he says the word sperm, but he's talking about like he and Sue, he and Carol made this baby. Yeah. Like she was not involved. And, and, and he's, he's brought that up to Susan a few other times during this pregnancy too. Yeah. Of, you know, like there wouldn't be a baby without him. Yeah. Which is true. Well, he yes, says something true. To it, but he says something, you know, leading to the effect, like it's because of my sperm. And then she's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I don't know what a challenge it is. Like she can't produce sperm. He says something like that, and she's just like, "Yeah, we know what a challenge that is." And uh, that, you sound just like her when you say that. This cracks me up. And it's just such like it, it's a tiny reminder. I don't mean to go off on a tangent because we need to move on. But uh-huh. it's just like the human body is so amazing. Like God yeah. has made these amazing things, set them in motion, and. You and I have both have had babies. We didn't say, okay, ears, go, eyes, <laughs> go. You know, it's week, and I should know this, but I can't think right now. It's like week 12, activate hearing. You know, yeah. like we're, we're not, we don't think about that stuff. The body does it. So. No, we're too exhausted. <laughs> Ross is a hundred percent and like, yeah, you didn't make any sperm. You absolutely need a father. But Susan's right. comment, Susan's comment is also very true. Like Ross doesn't have to think about that. He's not like, let me make some sperm. No, he just and does it. <laughs> body does it. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to think about it. He doesn't have to activate it. God is taking care of this. So that I think that's why it makes Susan's line extra funny. It's not a challenge for Ross. Like, no, think about it. <laughs> His body does it automatically. I just, oh my gosh, that line. Yeah, that was, <laughs> just, it, was it was a real toss up, I think, between I think. Susan's line. Because like I said, every time Susan's on an episode, I just get like super happy because I know that I'm going to hear some great one liners from her. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a toss up between Ross's little mini monologue about uh, how I already identified that as my funniest moment. Yeah. That or Susan's line. Yes. We all know what a challenge that is. So <laughs> <laughs> both are great. Now we're at the dentist. Barry's just kind of like, whoa, whatever, Rachel, you know, and he's just going. Oh, to- no. Barry comes back in when we're at the dentist. Barry comes back in and and Rachel's kind of primping herself a little bit. Oh, yeah. because She's got her hair down. She's putting on some lip gloss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just kind of like whatever about her. You know, he's probably like fighting that because hello, who wants to talk to the person that left you at the altar in front of everyone like that? Yeah, super embarrassing. That'd be horrible. And, you know, she's like, well, I got a job. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously we already learned from episode one on Pivot podcast that that was a very big deal for Rachel to get a job and to land a job was a very big deal for her. Yeah, make her own money. Yeah, Barry obviously knows her. She tells him, hey, like, I got a job. You know, she's trying to make conversation. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's great. 
like immediately as soon as she says i got a job he's like that's great yeah just kind of mows yeah. right over it he could, have followed, he could have followed that up with whatever yeah you know and he then might he as goes, well have actually yeah and then he goes into telling her that you know she's all looking at him and he's all like you know why why are you so tan she asks him and you know his hair looks great and all this stuff and he confesses that he did what tell us Whitney what did Barry do he went on their honeymoon and she actually thinks the honeymoon to Aruba that's where he went she actually thinks that he went by himself and she's like you went on our honeymoon alone and that's when he really comes clean and says no I went with Mindy Mindy, I know, <gasps> Mindy was Rachel's best friend and maid of honor. So that's who he spent the time with in Aruba. And then he says, we're kind of a thing. Yeah, so Rachel ditches him at the altar. Barry still goes on the scheduled honeymoon with Mindy, Rachel's BFF and maid of honor at the wedding. And he tells Rachel that with Mindy, she's happy. He's happy. Mm -hmm. I just say she, he's happy. And, you know, she makes a comment like, you got plugs, hair plugs. So I guess. Oh, that he ditched his glasses. And she says, you hate touching your eyes. And he says, not for her. Right. Which I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't understand that one, but. But yeah. he did. He also said that Rachel was right to leave him. That, you know, it didn't make sense anymore and they weren't happy. Now he understands what happiness is, which I don't know if that's completely true because that's an awful big, like, wouldn't that be like a rebound? Are you that happy with a rebound? With a rebound? Well, and we'll probably learn this later. And I mean, I think right now, Barry's making it sound like Rachel ditched him. So he asked the maid of honor to go with him on the honeymoon. And now they're a thing. But right. we'll find out Mindy was the side piece. You know, like her and Barry were actually hooking up. While, while they were still engaged. Rachel and Barry were still together. Yeah. And that didn't come up in this episode, so I didn't bring it up. But yeah. I'm just, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like whenever he says, now I know what happiness is. And now I know that I'm really happy. But it just seems also like, I don't know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, with Ross still having feelings for Carol. I mean, it's like you don't marry somebody or you don't get engaged to somebody and then just be able to like switch those feelings off. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, I don't know. But then if you're watching the show, it should have been a clue whenever he's, you know, immediately like into Mindy that, uh, well, he had to have been doing stuff with her before. (laughs) Yeah, he had to. Yeah, he totally had to have been. And I guess thinking about it, I guess it kind of makes sense like you were trying to make like straighten this whole thing out so it seems like rachel and we kind of touched on this last episode of pivot a friend's podcast 
that Rachel was marrying Barry because he was going to be a doctor of gum. He's going to be yes. a dentist. So he's going to make more than the average Joe. That's great for her. She wasn't going to have to work. She's going to be a stay-at-home wife and just look hot and pretty and be the wife. And it was a for sure thing for her to marry Barry. Mm -hmm. So she was driven more by that. She realizes, you know what? That's not what I want. And she leaves him. She wants, she actually does want to be in love with who she's going to be with. Right. So Barry probably is picking up on all of this. She's not that into me. She's Mm -hmm. probably not giving him whatever it is he needs to feel like he's honored Mm -hmm. and respected. And he goes looking for it elsewhere. Or maybe Mindy fell in his lap. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) But they connect with each other because whatever Barry needs, he's not getting getting it from Rachel because she truly doesn't love him. He's not into it. Yeah, she's not, she's just not that into him. Mm-hmm. And he feels it, finds it elsewhere. Unfortunately, nobody's breaking off relationships cleanly and they're all overlapping. Yeah. Which culminates to being left at the altar by Rachel. He goes off with his side piece, Mindy. And now he's coming clean about it with Rachel. And this is all brand new information to Rachel. Brand new information. <laughs> like she has no clue. I mean, she's getting hit over the head with this. Right. So cut. Now we're back to the OBGYN. And this is where they're arguing about the last things. Uh-huh. Even more. So, you know, and they're suggesting all these last names. Like you mentioned, Whitney. They already told Ross that Geller is not a part of the baby's name, even though the baby has two last names. Susan's uh-huh. last name is Bunch. Her name is there. Ross is all like, hey, no, I'm a part of this. I get a credit too for uh-huh. the last name. And so they're all like, oh, so you think Willick, which is Carol's last name, Willick Bunch Geller? You think that, and Carol says something like that borders on child abuse. Yeah, I think that borders on child abuse. Yeah, now the child has like five names, and Ross says, no way. I say Geller, and I wrote this down, Geller, Willick, Bunch. Bunch. Mm -hmm. Putting Ross first, Carol second, and what's her name? Susan last. Mm -hmm. And Susan's like, oh, no. He knows nobody's going to say all those names. They're just going to go with the first one, Geller. And I'm going to get dropped off. And, you know, if there, there's a mention. I didn't write this down, but I know there's a mention in there where Susan's like, and then he gets what he wants. Like his name is, his last name oh. is first in the laundry list of last names. Mm-hmm. And everybody else's is dropped off, especially mine, Susan, Bunch. Bunch gets left off and he gets what he wants and Ross just kind of loses it well yeah because he's like in all the scenarios this is this is not what I wanted like I did not want this this is not how I imagined this moment to be which he's absolutely right like who wants to be in 
the like OBGYN's office with like their ex-wife and their current partner. Yeah, who you cannot even compete with because they're not even of the same. I was gonna say species, that's not the right word. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, um, where did I leave off? Oh yeah, we're talking about Susan and Carol and, hold on. So all of this like chaotic, the discussion that goes into arguing about names and this is not how I wanted it to be. And, you know, Susan and Ross are fighting for control and Susan's all, it's my baby too. And Ross is like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> your pretty baby. much. And, you know, she and Carol, they agreed on Minnie and Marlon. And so all of this stuff, and they're just kind of bickering. And then, you know, the doctor is there. The doctor walks in and she's all like, how is everybody? And they all answer for themselves. Ross, Carol, and Susan all answer for themselves. Said, how are we feeling today? Any nausea? And they're like, oh yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And she's all like, well, I just really meant the mother to be, but okay. Um, Glad to know where we're all at. <laughs> yes. That's what the doctor says. Good memory. And, <sighs> you know, at some point in here, Ross says, I don't think I, I can be a part of this family. Uh -huh. he, he walks out. He starts to walk out first. He starts. He's, to, yeah. He's, he says it's too much. It's, yeah, yeah. This is too much. Like this is redonkulous. That's not a quote, but he's like, this is freaking redonkulous. This is redonk. Hey, to quote a future episode, this is getting less, no? So he starts to walk out the door and. It's not super loud, but he does say, I don't think I can be a part of this family. And he stops in the doorway. And what stops him from fully leaving is that the sonogram is amplifying the baby's heartbeat. So he so he's actually hearing his baby's heartbeat for the first time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He turns around and I just gotta say, I've never really thought that as nutso as this situation is, uh -huh. especially from like Ross's point of view, I don't think Ross ever would have walked out on his baby and his child's mother. No. Like, I don't think, I think here, that's not what Ross would have done. Like, it makes no. sense. I get it why they put it in this fictional show. You know, he's like, dude, this is too hard. I'm like, I, I'm out of here. And he stops and he hears the heartbeat. Like, this is mm -hmm. the thing. Yes, I'm born. So a whole person. And that stops him in his tracks. He's like, oh my God, this is real. That is my child. Um, so I just don't believe in my heart that Ross ever would have walked out. Let's just say hypothetically he walked out of that appointment at the sonogram. I totally believe he would have come back. 
Harold. Well, at some point, when I, I just, just the way he, okay, so whenever he stops and he hears the heartbeat and he's just like, oh my gosh. So he turns around and he walks back to the table where Carol is, you know, laying and they have the, you know, doing the sonogram. <clears throat> well, Susan is there is ho like holding her hand and Ross reaches over and like grabs it's like both of their hands. So he's holding both of their hands as the sonogram is going. And they're just like, you know, it's kind of like this whole thing through the history of the show, basically, it kind of sets up those three relationships. It's like Susan drives Ross crazy, but they will always find a way to come together for Carol. Yeah. And, 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 and. Mm. yeah, Carol and the baby. So it, it leads off on a really nice moment like you just described and it is a really nice moment yeah. ross is able to find a way to put away or put aside his like dislike towards susan yeah which is just to be there as a father <laughs> yeah and it can't i'm sure it's annoying to susan because she's probably like oh i gotta put up with this guy <laughs> You know, but it makes like, for some great moments later. Yeah, it's like, what can you do? This is a situation that you're in. So mm. how are you going to move forward? And like you said, Ross and Susan always come to Carol and Baby. Yeah. will be named later. Scene change. Yeah. Back at the apartment. Rachel is on the phone. She calls Mindy. She calls her maid of honor, BFF, now with her ex-fiance, probably mm -hmm. been with him for a lot longer than you have known. Right. Mindy. Oh, good old Mindy. Do you want to say anything? Um, you think there for a minute <laughs> that Rachel is going to take the high road and just congratulate her former friends, or I don't know, she still considers her a friend at this point or not, but just telling her, you know, you think that she's going to be nice and take the high road. And then you hear her say, if, uh, and, and just say, no, Mindy, like if you get, you get married and you have children, yeah, if this works out with you and Barry. Yeah, if this works out with you and Barry and you get married and you have children, I hope they get his old hairline and your old nose and then hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Which I and must say, like, I think we would all think that. I don't know how many of us would say that to the other person, but I think we would all think Well, that. I don't know. You're in a yeah, position where you're reaction. pretty much like... I don't know. It, it definitely depend on the person. I think more of us probably would say that out loud just because, you know, it's your best friend and your fiance or your ex fiance. Right. It's like, there are rules about that. Right. You don't do that. So Rachel basically has the right to say anything she wants to Mindy. Right. And that's kind of that. That's dirty. Like obviously Rachel had him, first that was the relationship 
They yes. were engaged. They were getting married. Now, if they weren't honest with each other, that's on them. That's something else. But that right. is the established relationship. They're getting married. Yeah, and when she put a ring on a finger, I mean, that's, that should be binding. You would think. I mean, you, that's, that's supposed to last. I mean, it's supposed to solidify this relationship. I do think you still have time to back out if you're just engaged. However, if you're engaged, you said yes. So right. to bust out with your side piece, I like, especially if that's your best friend, that's yeah that's not a good friend no no that's not anyone you want to be hanging around at your friend than at your fiance but your fiance is who you're already looking at as your life partner right you're already planning a future with this person yeah equally ticked off at both of them right because they both did you wrong yeah they did and I do think Rachel Although it was late, she still did it before they got married. It might have been at right. the last millisecond, but... Well, I was going to say, it was the wedding day, right? Like, she was already in her wedding dress ready to go. Wedding dress, everybody was there. So, but I do think it is better to go through that breakup beforehand than after you're married. And then you have to go through divorce. Who knows if you have kids or not? Like, it is better because the pain is going to be way less before the marriage to separate before the marriage than to separate after the marriage. Right. Because there might be more than two people involved at that point. And it's still hard, even if it's just two people, you know? So, but that's what happened. And uh, yeah. So she tells him that, and let me see what else. I'm looking here at my notes. Yeah, your old hairline and her Girl old nose. So we know that she had a nose job. Mindy does show up. For those who do not know or do not remember, not recall. Mindy shows up in the flesh. She does. Decades later. <laughs> So I do think it's awesome because the actress that plays Mindy actually had a nose job. Nose job, yes. People did not like. I think I was too young to really have an opinion or even know she had a nose job. Um, oh, I know, I knew, I knew right away. Did, but um, yeah, because it said her name at the end, and I was like, no, because I mean, it almost like altered her entire face, like it changed the way she looked. You didn't, and that was the biggest thing about this actress is that she's unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. So obviously I wasn't, I wasn't a student of her ginormous hit movie. We will leave you in suspense. So yes. join us. Like, if you're a big fan of Friends, you already know what we're talking about. Yeah, if you're a huge fan, you already know if you're joining us, if you're a millennial and all these people who are just discovering the show, we welcome you. We are happy you are here. We are going to keep you in suspense. Um, because it is freaking awesome. The actress won't mean anything to you if you are that young, but it is fun to know the actress in real life who plays Mindy actually had a nose job. 
Yes. So, and her nose is very different. And once we get to that episode, we'll talk about what huge Which I wonder if that might have came into play when they were casting, actually. I bet it was. I bet it was. And it was just so genius. But it was. Yeah. So going on, that is actually the end of the episode, Whitney. It is. Whitney, um, Whitney. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Rachel is like, yeah, I know that was a cheap shot, but I feel so much better now. And that's the end of the episode. I think that, yeah, that was the final line. Yeah. So, so question for you. Yes. We both talked about our funniest moments. Yes. In this episode. Do you quote anything at all from this episode? Today. Um, today. Nothing, nothing in this one while I was rewatching it today. Nothing like jumped out at me as like, hey, I still use that or I'll still quote that or I'll still use this scenario. Um, nothing really, not in this one, it didn't. Like, I don't, I don't think I use anything in this one. What about you? I said the same thing. There's nothing in this episode that I still quote today or even in the near... Um, Whoops, sorry, I texted my husband. Um, nothing even like in the most past couple of years. I did not send that second text message. I'm sorry. I'm being so freaking loud. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, no, I don't quote anything. I don't quote anything from this particular episode. Definitely. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think that I use anything in this episode to like reference back to. Honestly, I, I just think it was a, a good solid second episode. It, um, gave us some more family history. We got to meet some parents. You know, solidified the characters more. Yeah, showed more of like who, who their character is. Joey's dumb. Phoebe's a twin. You know, Monica's always. Criticized by her parents, they love more than her. Uh-huh. That's her perspective. We know who Susan and Carol are. We've met the Gellers. Yes, we met the parents, the Gellers, Judy and Jack. So there's actually yeah, a lot I mean, this, on this episode. all around. I mean, this is a good, solid episode. I mean, yeah. as far as like you know, as you're coming into the second one. Yeah, it was really good, good. It was. It was. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I laughed a lot. I found lots of funny moments. As we are ending this now, we have our trivia questions for next week. Wait, I have a question. Yes, answer. Just kidding. I don't know. No, never mind. I'll. No, no question. Nope. I'll keep it in my brain. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um. Now, I do not want to mention any names. We'll keep this short. I don't mean this to be long. Just the whole thing of like Ross and Rachel, that they knew mm-hmm. each other in high school, and Monica's Ross's brother. So, brother sister dynamics. Ross wishes he would have dated Rachel. And obviously, he has a crush on her still. Because mm-hmm. Rachel, can you imagine like ending up like or like running across 
somebody you dated in high school? <laughs> you know, honestly, I didn't really date that many people in high school. Y'all can't see Whitney's face, but that was funny. <laughs> actually, actually, we're not going to name names. <laughs> That's okay for listening. I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. You, you, you did have one good one. He's not enough, and of course not. This is just you know, saying way back when. You did have one good one from high school. Who is now single? Me? Yeah. So if there are any single women out there, there is a very good single man out there. So keep trying. <laughs> I can't tell you who he is, but uh, you still have hope. <laughs> no, I just think when I watch this episode, like Ross is coming across Rachel, she's single, he's single, mm -hmm. and I'm like, who would that be for me? And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for my husband. He is so badass. <laughs> I think I know who yours would be. <laughs> I know you know. I know you know that I know that you know. Oh, goodness. We're just going to leave it at that. Yes. Oh, no, something, something to we all know ponder. <laughs> That's funny. But you know what? I do think we should all get together. I really wanted us to get together for my big birthday. And thanks to COVID, it's just, it wasn't possible. Same thing for your birthday. It just wasn't possible. I think we could have gotten together for our birthdays this year. I know. It was a big one. It was a big one. And I think that would have been awesome. So we might have to do something next year. I don't know what the world is going to look like. But I really, really want to meet up in person because I think it would be Oh, so fun. Fingers crossed that we'll be able to do that. Yeah. So we'll have to decide. Of course, husbands are invited. Spouses well, of course. are invited. We just don't know if we should bring the kiddos or not. I say yes. Throw them all in a room. They'll entertain each other. Hello. Built-in babysitters. Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, I think at that point, you got to know your own children, though. <laughs> Mine, my, I always, I always say that my little Bentley is a, um, is a bull in a china shop. Oh, he's just like, age. but he looks like a little angel. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> all right, back to friends, our trivia questions, and we're going to end the episode with this. This is for episode three. So we are done with episode two. Good job. Episode Yay. Yay. The friends clap. Episode three. The questions, the cliffhanger questions are, there's only two of them. What is the name of Ross and Monica's dog? They had this dog when they were kids. All right, we find that out in episode three. So go watch episode three. And then question number two, uh, Chandler 
has a former habit. Name this habit. We learn about it in episode three. Whitney totally knows the answers to these questions. I don't think I would have remembered the dog's name, honestly. Like, definitely. I, 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 for whatever reason, I've always remembered the dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have to say, I already watched a big part of episode three. I'm like, this is a good episode. It really, really is. All right. That is it. We will see you on the next episode of Pivot, a friend podcast. Whitney, you got anything you want to say before we go out? Not really. Just, uh, again, it's been fun and I can't wait to do the next one. All right. That's it for this week. So if you like this episode, comment, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review and share it with your friends.